Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show They're just going to try and destroy you. And they're, they're going to try and destroy a lot of us. I mean, I'm, I, really, I mean, I, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say I think they're going to fucking take some of us out, man. And I don't think it's going to be like that. I think they could fucking, you know, somebody walks into a fucking robbery or something like that and catches a bullet. Because what we've seen over the last six days, and especially the message I've seen coming from Beltway Libertarians, they are the enemy, man. They are the fucking enemy. I mean, Reason Magazine, Cato, these are the enemy. They are going, they are part of the cathedral. Do not get it wrong. They are going to side with the cathedral all day long. They cannot be relied upon. They have swallowed blue pills whole. I mean, they took the whole bottle. And I I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do with them anymore. I mean, I know what to do to keep doing what I'm doing and try to get the message out there. But I mean, at this point, I don't know. I think that the only thing that we can do is we need a loud voice on a platform, just screaming out. Mm -hmm. We know what you're doing. We know what you plan to do to us after you, because we know what you're doing to this group over here. You know, first they came for the communists. They, you know, it's like, well, the left is doing this now. We know what you're doing and we know what you plan to do to us. Thank you so much. Pete Quinones is on today. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for the continued support. I can't believe how big this show is getting. And I can't believe that I'm big enough to get a guy that I idolize like Pete Quinones to spend an hour with me. Enjoy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have a very special guest with me today. It is an honor and a privilege to talk to Pete Quinones. He is the uh, the creator of the Monopoly on Violence, which you can now get on Amazon. Thank you for coming in, Pete. Oh, no problem. Good to be here. Let's do it. Absolutely. Um, so first off, uh, it's really easy to get blackpilled lately. And I, I've definitely found hope in this community. Um, my my response to the inherent like fight or flight instinct I've been having has been to fight. Um, how do you stay hopeful? What is what is keeping you going? <laughs> caught me on a bad day. Oh, you you low today? <laughs> you caught me on a black pill day. Oh no. no, I'm actually I'm actually not low. I'm actually like trying to figure things out, trying to get things going in my head and everything. Um, the more I see, like I just shared like a half hour ago on Twitter that former MLB or major league baseball star, I think he's a hall of famer and former Red Sox, which I'm supposed to hate, but you know, um, he's a conservative mainline conservative AIG insurance dropped him because of his political views. I, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, what, <laughs> what, what are we, this We've reached fascism. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's, you know, we probably should have been doing it a couple of years ago, but I really wish Ben Stone would start coming and tweeting again. Mm-hmm. 
because we need Ben Stone right now more than we need anyone else. And I don't know, man. I don't know where we are. I, I, I mean, I know where we're at. No, I know. It's just that's, a matter of problem. how far, how far are we going? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know where we're at. Just how far are we going? Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that Malice's optimism is tied to his, his faith that this system was so sick. It had to, it had to come crumbling down before we could kind of, you know, not world economic forum version of build back better. Um, but I, I, I tend to agree with him that, that we did need a collapse to do so. So I'm trying to maintain optimism in that light. Given the, the current trajectory of things, I think it would be naive not to see the writing on the wall that things are going to get extraordinarily hard for those that fight this process in the meantime. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to, trying to maintain optimism here. But um, I guess my question for you, uh, just to pivot a little bit, is how do, how do we... The, I think that the biggest cover we have right now is that there's 75 million people that feel disenfranchised by what transpired um, in the, you know, the MAGA crowd. How do we utilize that as cover for ourselves? And also, how do we utilize them to drive us towards freedom, drive them away from demanding of you know, a countervailing right-wing dictator to offset what they see is happening? Oh, we need... We need a huge evangelist out there talking to them. We need somebody on cable news, wherever, talking to them, putting out a message. And it feels like Tucker Carlson's that guy right now. Well, I don't watch. I haven't watched Tucker Carlson in probably over a year. Um, he's I, been uh, he's been seriously. brilliant since the since the siege, in my opinion. Okay, I need to go back and listen to some of that. Um, but I mean, I just, you know, I mean. <laughs> I hate to say this because I know how it's going to sound, but if there's 75, if there's safety in 75 million, and maybe you're going to have to go join that 75 million and stop being and stop being such a, a consistent libertarian. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it requires tribalism almost. Safety is what's most important at this point. It, that's it, as far as I'm concerned. Safety is the only thing that matters. I mean, when I when I talk to my circle, the people that I trust, you know, and these are not people, these are people you don't know that nobody, you know, these aren't like podcasters and stuff like that. These are people in my life sure. and th that I trust that are, that think like I do, that are on my wavelength. Um, I mean, we're, you, you should hear some, I mean, we just think that absolute worst is coming yeah. and it's kind of hard to, when there's no one there, speaking for you when you've made yourself an individual and you've joined you you've adopted this individualistic um ideology it's you know thinking of joining together with other people especially other people who may not you know even be on the same wavelength as you maybe only 50 percent agree with you mm -hmm. um but i mean there's safety there's safety in numbers and, yeah. you know, when you look at that 75 million people, let's say that only 40 million of them are really, really upset about the election. Let's say 35, could, they don't care. Yeah. Um, all they have to do to get those 40 million to back off is make an example out of a bunch of them. You know, and that's what they're doing right now. That's They're just scaring the shit out of people with what they're doing. No, I, I think that's exactly the, the purpose behind 
not not only the uh, the prosecution of of the siege participants, uh, but also also the impeachment. I, I think that they want to and and uh, people don't care about Trump, especially in the libertarian community. They all they all hate him, so they don't ever extrapolate, which is all I'm trying to do here. Um, he has been his banking services are being removed now. Uh, he's obviously being impeached in his last week in power. It's it, to me, it's such a clear um, kind of dictator fascistic uh, mechanism to, to signal not to Trump, but to anyone who has a right wing populist inkling, political inkling to mm -hmm. be like, Hey, you go this path. We ruin you. If we don't kill yeah. you, we ruin you. And, uh, you know, I just I don't know how people don't see it, really. Like it, whatever your opinion of Trump's presidency, which I don't think was great. This this is the reason the past four years I, I didn't go after Trump very hard because I saw the cathedral's direction. It was not about Trump. Trump was an outsider. Uh, people people still go like, oh, he was the president. How could he have no power? Look what he did for four years. The guy had no power. Like it's clear as day. He had he had the entire apparatus, media, uh, academia and the, the political class working against him 24-7, throwing everything they possibly could at him. I mean, they basically, they, they JFK'd him without bullets, as far as I'm concerned. And, and now they're trying to signal to, to his fan base, his supporters, and anyone that want, might follow in his, in his footsteps, that if you take this path, we will destroy you. And I, when you get to this point, I don't know how you don't get blackpilled, because I really believe that, you know, you tried playing by the rules, you paid your taxes, you protested, you even you voted. Nope. Then you asked more stridently for freedom. Nope. Then you tried to work around the Goliath. No, didn't work either. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. And then it's like, I feel, I feel like at some point you have to go through it or it'll go through you. But at this point, I don't think we can go through it. So it's just like, do you, do you hide? I, 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 that's, I mean, I know, I know that's where you're leaning and, and I have to agree, but is, is this piece of dirt, are these principles worth fighting for? Or is it, is it so insurmountable that that it's better to just you know hide and bide your time? Well, I mean, the land in the country isn't, but you know, you're. Yeah, yeah no, just the principles. I mean, yeah, yeah well, I mean, I, well, at this, if, if the it, principles what, are still held by anybody, prin <laughs> what principles? Right. I mean, what principles at this point? I mean, I hear libertarians trying to hold on to their principles and everything like that, and it's like it's going to get you killed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to get you killed at this point. I mean, you're or you just I mean, I think that they're I think the problem in libertarian with a lot of libertarians is they're they're just really comfortable. I think that a lot of libertarians didn't grow up like I grew up, did, you know, haven't dealt with hardships like a lot of people have. I think a lot or, you know, suburban, suburban people who um, read a book adopted what was in the book. And if it's not in that book, I, I don't know, how, you know, they don't know how to have a conversation about it. Right. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why in the last, you know, month, month and a half, I've been trying to concentrate on getting um, vets, you know, people who like actually know how to commit violence and people who know <laughs> what the world is actually like on my side and on our side, because, I mean, how can you not at this point? I mean, how could you? Not? I mean, that that's how I knew that you knew how serious this was. When you started to reach out to the vets, I was like, oh, shit, Pete, Pete knows like this is getting dark. Yeah. 
And that's and that's the thing is, is like, I mean, we need people on our side right now who know how to commit violence, even if they don't want to. They know how to. Yeah. And that's why I'm such good friends with the biting the bullet guys, which I know you've had on. Um, yeah. I, I, what, what concerns me, and I, I've been on their show numerous times and I've asked about this and and they have never told me that there's a, a significant portion of the military population that would actually fight to defend our freedoms. They are, you know, rule followers, order takers. Um, but I agree. I mean, those, those that are awake, those that, that do believe in the oath they took, uh, if we can't reach them, truly, we have no choice but to run, you know, run and hide. So, yeah. So raising up an army, raising up a militia, you're just going to get a target on your back and they're going to take you out. They'll call you white supremacist, white separatist, whatever. Um, there'll be a fed in there who's going to do something that's going to fuck you all up. And I'm, it, it's kind of hard at this point to know exactly what to do, which is why I'm, you know, I, I'm advocating everything. Yeah. A little bit, of everything agorism here, um political political action here political talk here um anything that anyone can think of because i mean <laughs> yeah it's it's full court it, press time we got to do everything well it's very easy you know when you up until march of last year everything that was being done you could look at in society you could be like, okay, this is done before. You know, they've done this. Yeah, this is this is old hat. Oh, they're gonna bail the banks out. They're gonna bail businesses out. Okay, we've seen this before. This is nothing. And then when you see, you know, most of the world on house arrest, when you see rioting in the streets of many cities that is not being suppressed that is being encouraged and Hollywood is people in Hollywood are like, well, if you get arrested, I'll bail you out. No worries. <laughs> um, and then you get to an election where, Hey, you know, one of the candidates son is a crackhead who left <laughs> a laptop. And I, I knew we were fucked when they, they blamed it on Russia. Yeah. When they said that that laptop, I, I was like, Oh, we're fucked because people are going to buy that people are actually people are actually going to buy into that how uh, after and, four years of fake shit about russia can people still buy that is that not just unbelievable and people just don't care i, I think i think something that another thing that isn't helping us is just how apathetic most people have gotten because you know the apathy up until a certain point you could live through it and you could you could actually thrive through it. You know, you could be like, all right, I'm still making money out here. I can still go on vacation, what I want and everything. And, right. yeah, and well, now it's, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I'm interested in seeing what this whole Chris Cuomo thing in New York saying, we need to open up the businesses again, what this actually is, because it doesn't sound serious to me. It just sounds like something he's saying to give people hope, but he's going to pull it back. And when he pulls it back, it's going to be because, you know, there's a fifth wave or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I look at, I look at the last 10 months and I say, we've never seen anything like this before. 
not of what's happened. Then you go through the election. I mean, tw- okay. If you believe the official number of ballots that were mail in, it's 26.6 million. I have an article coming out about this tomorrow on Substack. Nice. And if you look at that 26.6 million, they pretty much had them all counted in 48 hours. Do you think they did 26.6 million signature verifications in 48 hours? They did a fraction at best. I mean, I don't even think they were doing signature verifications, to be honest with you. Yeah. I doubt they did any because it's like, okay, we have, I mean, we've never seen this many before. Let's just count, you know, and then, you know, bags being pulled out from under pallets being, I mean, who knows, who knows what happened in, in all of that? Um, there are a lot of people who are testifying to what they see. And of course they're called crazy and they're nuts because that's what the press calls them. And, you know, if, if the, if the corporate media isn't saying it, it's not true in this country, even for fucking Trump people. I mean, they, they can say fake news all they want, but they still believe that the, the branch Davidians set themselves on fire because they heard it on the, on the fake news. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's sick, man. We're I mean, we're at the point where we we have not seen this before. We are. And and it's global. I I can't. Yeah, I can't say that in my life. You know, I can't say that, you know, 9-11 was, you know, a horrible day. But I also remember the coal happening earlier than that. And I remember the first attack on the towers. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, you know, the grand, how grandiose it was, was a shock, but it was like, okay, we've been attacked before. This isn't really a, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it it sucks. I mean, but um, it really wasn't. And then to watch what happened after that and see how the country changed and how people just accepted it because out of fear, you know, and then 20 years, you know, 18 years, 19 years later, you know, it's the invisible enemy. It's a friggin' virus, you know, that, you know, I don't know anyone who's died from. I know a p- couple of people who had it and they had minor symptoms and no one got their ass kicked by it that I know. Um, and everyone that I know who's gotten it is tangential. It's not like people close to me or anything like that. And you would think that, I mean, I know a lot of people, you would think I would know a bunch of people who, who got it. And then, throw the riots on top of that, throw the election on top of that. And then the, this thing that happens that looks like a complete LARP to me last Wednesday, a week ago today. And I just, and then you now it's very easy to forget what happened in the last 10 months, because what you're seeing, the language you're seeing in coming out of the, the corporate press and out of politicians' mouths is so authoritarian. I mean, so fascist. I mean, it's not communist at all. This is fascist language. And when yep. you have private, when you have quote unquote private businesses towing the line, that's fascism. Okay. It's not, there's no means of, you know, it, the people don't own the means of production. Okay. It's, it, it, this is complete fascism. Mm-hmm. And I mean, <laughs> I, Ben Stone, if you're listening to this, we need you, man. <laughs> I feel you. And, and given the trajectory of the Biden and the Harris, you know, more more likely the Harris administration, uh, it seems likely to me that there's going to be truly racist laws passed against white people soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I don't know how we we reach the MAGA crowd to radicalize them 
towards you know radical freedom as opposed towards a retaliatory retaliatory you know support of a right-wing dictator but more importantly how we radicalize them to fight for their freedoms in this moment for their own survival like i i genuinely am concerned that that there can be internment camps in the next five years like how crazy is that five years yeah yeah i mean five months i mean five yeah Five months, especially if they keep this virus thing going and these right wingers want to keep protesting. Well, you know, they probably have the covid, so they're going to need to be separated from society. The jails are already full. Where are you going to put them? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the garden centers in Walmart are pretty, un- pretty unusable, you know, so. Um, well, I, do you, know, do you think if the <laughs> if the MAGA rallies are are being rumored to be labeled as terrorist activity do you think that these people become radicalized and become terrorists or do they shut up and hide i mean obviously there'll be some of both but yeah it it really feels column a let them call them b yeah it feels to me like we might be on the cusp of having militia activity um uh, there's also the the potential for false flags uh is it is it better if people i mean you're, you're I mean, this... how do we know? How do we know that last Wednesday wasn't a false flag? Well, I think that there was. I mean, you'd be a fool not to believe that there was at least some, um, yeah. whatever the term is, the people that go in there to stir up trouble. Uh, yeah. But, but I think there's also, I think there's also certainly a real meaningful uh, MAGA movement that was protesting that. I, I, I know some people online that I think were there, not not necessarily at the, uh, the uh, Capitol building, but at the Trump speech. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that there's a really good chance, particularly the ones that beat the cop to death. Like that, that seems extremely counter to what I know about um, the Trump supporters in my life. But that doesn't mean that there's not real Trump supporters out there that were so upset that they they took it in their okay. own hands. I just don't know. You know, check the ch- check the chat. Don't don't say what I just typed. Yeah, we're in trouble, man. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs> Wow, I don't even know where to go with that. Um, uh, you can't. I, I, no one. There's only one person who knows that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But wow. um. Yep. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> now I, I'm I'm super thrown off now. Um, well, <laughs> all right. Well, then let, let's let's go let's go longer term on this because I think I think you and I identify the short term issues pretty clearly. What well, what does America look like in two, five, ten years, um, if you had to guess? Um, and I know this is a tough question, and I'm not going to hold you to accuracy. <laughs> Put something else in the chat for you. Um, I don't know, man. Looks like a leftist uh, could be a a leftist friggin' Disneyland. Yeah. So gulags. Yeah, I mean, we already have gulags. I mean, there's 2.1 million people in them. Um, it's just oh. that most of most of those people aren't in in the gulags for thought crimes. Right. But you know, if you start it's talking just victimless about crimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you start talking about racist laws and things like that, um, who knows what the fuck is going on, man? I mean, I, it's. You know, you, you you mentioned the phrase at the very beginning, and I think it is an interesting. It's something that everybody should 
really consider. And it's something that I talk about every day with my, with my circle is um, fight or flight. Right. I'm, I just don't know right now because, you know, it is worldwide, but there are places you can get to, you know, that are not going to be, that are not going to be as touched by it as much. You know, there, you really got to find a place that has like a, a solid like culture, um, like a monolithic culture or something like that. Like Saipan, like Ben talks about in Saipan where it's like, you know, they would have to send the army and the Navy in there, the the American, the American military in there in order to get these people to turn on each, you know, well, they're not going to turn on each other because they're almost all related, but um, to get them in line. And I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I'm trying to figure it out. And what, what's funny is right before we started, I had an idea and I was going to start type. I was going to start typing it out to, um, to some people, uh, another circle of people saying, we need to get this messaging out there and we need to get it out there fast. But um, I'm still trying to come up with ideas because I'm in the same boat. You, man. Yeah. When you look I'll point to it again, man. I know I'm probably repeating myself over and over again. The language over the last week is scary. If people aren't scared by the language that's coming from the cathedral and coming from politicians' mouths, they, I don't know what to tell people at this point. You're way too comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a tweet. I, I retweeted a, a Dave Smith tweet yesterday, and I, and he was talking about you know this whole snitching culture, like people snitching on people and everything. And I retweeted it and I said, "This is what happens when you have a generation of people who've never been punched in the mouth or punched in the face." Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and I think that um, the first person I ever heard it from <laughs> talk about someone who's been redeemed is Owen Benjamin. Hmm. And he said, well, what are you going to do when you have a society full of indoor cats? <laughs> That's what we have. We have yeah. a society full of indoor cats. And I'm not far from an indoor cat, but I know a hell of a lot of I know a hell of a lot of ferals. And I've been trying to get them on my side for the last month and a half because oh, yeah. I've been seeing I've been seeing this coming for a while, for a while now. You know, right. it just it just went into hyper overdrive in the past 10 months. I mean, the saying's true. Soft times created soft men and soft men created hard times. And we're in those hard times. I, I just don't know where the hard men are going to come from without, you know, starvation and, and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm doing my best to, to prepare. Um, have you prepared yourself to be deplatformed? I'm a huge fan of yeah. three men beyond the wall. Are sure. you? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, okay. Uh, and I'm going to have to start saying this on my show is that the libertarian Institute servers are private. And if I get deplatformed off of Libsyn, the hosts or anything like that, YouTube or anything like that, you'll still be able to find, I can just directly upload audio files to, um, to Libertarian Institute. And, you know, all of my shows are on Libertarian, all my episodes are on Libertarian Institute anyway. So then they would become, they would become the host for my, um, my podcast. I mean, I expect to be off Twitter very shortly. Um, I'm set up on MeWe, but who knows? Does, is me? I don't know if MeWe's on private servers. We know that Parler was. We know that Parler wasn't. Um, Par, Parler actually went with you know. Oh, let's get the CIA servers. The you know Amazon. Let, let's put ourselves on CIA servers. And, you know, and um, unbelievable. Yeah. I, it's just. Yeah, and I had someone screaming at me yesterday. Your glib comments about how they didn't. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they planned this platform to be a free speech platform. Well, you then do it that way. I mean, just do get it. I mean, what did they say? Um, 
was it 14 terabytes or 24 terabytes worth of how much info was stolen from them? And it's like, I mean, literally from everything I heard, they could have a server in their house. The parlor server could have been in someone's house or it could have been in privately in an office park or something like that. And it's like, I mean, and you're going to make excuses for them. Right. And they fucked up, man. Well, and, and, and it's a marketing gimmick. I mean, the fact that they call themselves a, a free speech platform doesn't mean that they're true believers. It's a business model. You know, you need, you need someone like one of us that is a billionaire to, yeah. to create a, you know, and I, I've been pushing this hard. I, you know, I've been screaming at Elon Musk or anybody. I, I don't know if I trust Elon, but some, you know, Peter Thiel, someone, someone out there that's a billionaire. I definitely don't trust Peter Thiel. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying. I trust Elon more. Okay, and I don't okay. trust Elon. <laughs> exactly. I don't trust anybody at this point. Let's be honest. But I'm just saying we need we need someone with serious uh, financial weight behind them to create a decentralized deep, um, you know, blockchain or, or right. uh, piggybacking blockchain technology that has some sort of immutable code that, that doesn't allow for them to change or, or ban anybody. Um, right. It just seems like such an easy ask and it seems like such a major need. I'm stunned that it hasn't ar- arisen naturally already. But the, the problem is, in my opinion, that you know, we're seeing all of this happen in, in front of us because you and I and, and many like us are we're, we're fans of history we we see the track record of government of governments globally. We see the track record of, of tyranny, how it evolves. Um, so we've seen all of this coming, and we're kind of we're two steps ahead. But at the same time, the pandemic sped all of this up so rapidly. Mm-hmm. It just feels as if people like you and I are are even though we were ahead of our time, we were still behind the eight ball because in ten months we went from you know a quasi free society to a completely enslaved one. Uh, my my belief is was that we were on the other side of race relation troubles in this country, and you know the Marxist takeover of academia obviously started a long time ago, um, but it really it really gained steam and and took hold of cor- corporate America about a decade ago, and now you have you know completely non racist white people considering if they're under their under attack for their skin their gender their sexual orientation, um, you know to me the only lingering racism that was left in this country was largely driven by, well, obviously the government, but the war on drugs more specifically. Uh, did you feel differently than I did? And, you know, what was this intentional in your view? Like it, it does seem as if there's so many dominoes lined up that got us to this point. I have to, I have to go the conspiracy route and start to ask myself if this, you know, we, we already have tons of reports about, you know, the Chinese uh, infiltrating our, uh, basically every level of our government, are, are you of the belief? I mean, does it matter? But also, are you of the belief that this is uh, some, you know, exterior well, force making this well, all come to pass? Sigmund Diamond wrote in 1992 the book Compromised Campus, the collaboration of universities with the intelligence community in 1945 to 1955. So has is it a long time coming? Yeah. Yeah. It's planned out. I mean, these people play the long game. Right. You know, I, that's why that's why it's such a shock over the last 10 months is i remember i was telling i was telling vin that it seemed like may was the longest month of my life and he said it wasn't it wasn't long it was that things were changing so fast Mm. that it seemed like a year's worth of stuff was happening in a week so and i think that was um 
So true. He's channeling um, Terrence McKenna, yep. I think, saying that. And um, so once I realized that, once I knew how to look for it, yeah, I just... And then June, what's funny is May was the longest month of my life. June was the shortest month of my life, mostly because I started traveling again. So it was like, you know, Alabama, I went over to a Mises thing in Alabama, started, I went up to the mountains and started, you know, Airbnb in the mountains. I started, so the month went by a little, that month went by very fast. Um, but then you just saw that this wasn't going away. Mm-hmm. And the... The combination of all of the COVID stuff with the with the riots and everything. I mean, and the riots are, I mean, this is stuff that is just planned. This is cathedral planned stuff. I mean, this is straight out of the cathedral. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, you, you're, are you are you honestly going to tell me that the um, the people who founded Black Lives Matter at this point, maybe they weren't at the beginning at this point, aren't operatives for FBI or some, I mean, these are, these, they're working within the system. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate to say it, but when you, when you look back at history, when you see how all of this was built upon over such a long time, and how you saw everything slowly change. I mean, in the span of four years, you went from the majority of people being against gay marriage to the majority of people not caring anymore. That four years is a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And so you start, but you start seeing these things slowly changing, slowly changing, slowly changing. And then this thing happens that people buy into whole cloth. And they're like, yes, we need to, we need to shut ourselves up in our houses and not go to work and destroy our savings and, you know, damn our wealth because, you know, we're, we're fighting the Nazis here and the Nazi is, is a virus. Um, <laughs> and the president. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's a Nazi in the white house. And I mean, really it's, there's a game show host in the white house. How did you not see that? And yeah, we have, we have Congresswoman on the floor today saying, I, I stand, I rise today to, you know, impeach the white supremacist president. They're, they're saying it on the Congress floor. It's just, it's just so astonishing as if, as if there aren't, you know, millions of minorities that voted for Trump. And, and I wasn't a Trump supporter, but, but when it came down to it, because I identified the threats that we were in, I knew that going the Biden-Harris route would be absolutely disastrous. But I still couldn't bring myself to vote for Trump because he was awful. But that's not the point. The point being, I just, I don't, I don't know how we get the the people in this country. Well, first off, let me ask you: Were you were you caught off guard by the acceptance of lockdowns? Because as jaded as I am, as as much of a realist as I find myself to be, I was still extremely caught off guard when it came to people accepting lockdowns and the indefinite nature of them. Remind me about the lockdown question, but what I will say about a congresswoman saying that there's a white supremacist in the White House, mm-hmm. the goal of her saying that is to point out that 75 million people voted for a white supremacist. So it is to demonize a right. huge chunk of the population. Um, with that being said, it's all about Patriot Act, too, brother. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, though, um, was I shocked that people would listen to the, I mean, 
I was shocked. I wasn't shocked at, you know, blue pilled leftists. No, I mean, they, of course they're going to, but, but that there wasn't some kind of uprising that there, I mean, when you consider how many guns are in this country, right. And that, you know, no one really did anything. No one threatened anything. No one even put it out there. That was kind of that. That's when I knew we were screwed. That's yeah. when I knew we were screwed, you know, and it's like, and I don't want, you know, I know how these people are going to be painted um, if they were to do something like that. Look at the way the people in Michigan and there's, there's not even any really evidence that they had even started to implement a plan, which right. is like what a conspiracy, the definition of a conspiracy. You can't really arrest anybody unless a plan was in, they started implementing the plan. Sure. Um, no. I mean, I'm I'm not shocked. I'm I'm kind of shocked that a lot of other countries in the world um, put up with it, but I'm not shocked at all that um, that this country did. Well, consider consider this my 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 lingering patriotic roots. But I I genuinely believe that there was maybe a hundred million people in this country that really bled freedom. Um, and would not accept subjugation. And I was wrong. You know, I, I terribly overestimated the amount of people that still valued the principles that this country was founded on, and more importantly, valued the freedom um, that they're, you know, whether, whether you think the, their forebearers fought for it or not, uh, there, was, there was a fight at one point that was justified against the crown to, to get this freedom. And it's just, it's just so, it's so disheartening. It's so depressing to think about the fact that like in my life, I, I've witnessed this. I'm only 38. Um, but, you know, in the nineties as a kid, I genuinely believed this and, uh, you know, call it naive, call it whatever you want. I just can't believe that it's gotten this bad so quickly. I, I don't even know if I have a question there. I'm just crying on your shoulder. <laughs> That's cool. Um, well, look at, you know, you just, all you need to do is look at the Libertarian Party. Over the past week, the Libertarian Party and apparatchiks of it have said you know, political violence is against the rules, basically. Yeah, right. and it's yeah. Then don't ever tweet anything out on July Fourth, please. Don't exactly. I mean, don't. I mean, if political. I mean, <laughs> yeah, political violence is wrong if the right's doing it. Right. If the left, you know, someone who if you perceive someone on the right doing political violence, then it's wrong. If somebody on the left is doing political violence, you know, I mean, it's like I think Dave points out really well that, you know, how many times did the LP condemn the riots this this year? Once when right. Dave like when he forced their hand. Yeah. When he guilted them into it. And. I mean, I think at some point you have to realize that this isn't this isn't hypocrisy. This isn't. um an accident it's an agenda you know mm -hmm. and and whether their agenda is is top down as if they're actually controlled opposition or not i don't know they could just have you know bought the cathedral lies and and been blue pilled to the point that that they genuinely believe that they there was no violence during the black lives matter four month you know burning of shit and in the one day where one you know cop died uh that 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 is that is the only violence that occurred in the past year that's political in nature. But in my opinion, it's agenda driven. And you know, I, I was gonna I was gonna spend a decent amount of my time with you today 
um, you know, talking about the Mises takeover, uh, given, given the dire nature of things, I mean, I've that needs say, to happen. That needs to happen yesterday. Oh, well, I, of course, I agree. Yeah. But I, because I mean, it's like I mentioned in the beginning. I think that one of the ways that some of us can have cover is to have control of that social media account and getting people on on cable news or whatever, Joe Rogan, whoever, and putting the message out there that we know exactly what you're doing and we're not going to stand for it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and pointing out, I mean, and going line by line and explaining everything that they're doing and how we got here yeah. and showing it to people. Cause that's the only way is you have to put, when you have can't, you have to cut the cancer out, but you know, you also have to find out what the cancer is first. Exactly. You have to figure out what the problem is. And by exposing it, then people can start, you know, making arguments for fixing it because uh, for for curing it. But I mean, at this point, they really hold all the cards. They hold all the COVID cards. I mean, they could unleash riots again in 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 a heartbeat into into cities. I mean, Portland is still one gigantic riot, and people it's not even being reported upon. Mm-hmm. It's not being reported on, and I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, man, I didn't mean to come on here and be black pill, be <laughs> Mr. Black pill and everything, but it's just you caught me on one of those days. And I, I feel it, you, it's really not it's really not the day. It's just it's the year really seeing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a year. But really, I mean, this last week, it's hard for me to believe, you know, that it's been a week since this happened, because it seems like it's been a month. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that what I said before so much happened in such a short period of time that it just seems like it's been forever. Yeah. And there, yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> there's decades where, where only years happen and there's years where decades happen. And, and this past year has been a decade plus probably. Um, do, do you think, uh, are you of the belief that this was um, that the COVID stuff was rolled out to implement totalitarianism? Cause I, I mean, if it was good on you, you know, they nailed it. I, I don't know. I, I don't obviously I don't have any evidence per se, other than the fact that the World Economic Forum has has you know had presentations and things, but I don't know if they actually control the the levers of power globally. It and they're fighting. They're they're fighting with other groups. I right. mean, World Economic Forum is fighting with you know Bilderbergs, they're fighting with um Chatham House, they're fighting with trilaterals or i mean they're fighting with all they're are, they're are all they trying fighting? to get their own agenda oh are, yeah they're are, not are they fighting or yeah. are they an alliance no they're not an alliance they're not they're, no, these people are not an alliance no okay no they're they're fighting for scraps they're they see it they see an agenda and they're fighting to get their agenda put through over another and some of their agendas may overlap and some of the agendas are obvious o- o- overlaps and you know obviously there are some agendas that they all share right and it seems like all of those got implemented in the last 10 months. So that's why you would think there's a global conspiracy, but these people still want different things. You know, they want one group wants power. One group wants the reins of power. Another group wants the reins of power and they're constantly fighting over it. Hmm. And there's no, you can't get these people to agree on what, what to have for dinner, much less where, you know, the overall direction that they want to go. Um, I don't believe that. I mean, I, these groups do exist, but I, it's not a global conspiracy. They fight amongst okay. each other. Um, well, the, the only reason that I lean towards the global conspiracy is the fact that we reacted to 
a, a relatively benign virus in a, in a uniform fashion, essentially globally. Do you think that was just, um, you know, following the leader? They, they witnessed what China did with their super harsh lockdowns. Everyone panicked and did the same thing. Can it be that simple? No, I, I don't think they followed what China did. I think they followed what we did. Oh, interesting. And, how, how so? Yeah. Well, I mean, we locked, we, we instituted lockdowns and, oh, you know, so I mean, there were other the countries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Switzerland locked down on May 16th, um, right around the same time the United States did. So, um, Mar- March 16th, I, I believe. March 16th. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. March 16th. So, so you think yeah. it was, you think that the overreaction was actually led by the United States, United States reaction? I, I believe that, that a lot of that, a lot of it had to do with it. And um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to know. You know, it's like when you start going down those conspiracy rabbit holes of who did this, who did that, you're eventually going to get it wrong. So oh, that's sure. what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I don't like to do that. I mean, I know that there are people out there who are conspiring to get their way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you know, the World Economic Forum and, the tri- I mean, the Trilateral Commission is really interested in theocracy, and that's what they've been preaching since 1971. And the World Economic Forum is interested in, I mean, they, they would use technocracy, but they've been way more about like a one world kind of rule kind of government. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, when you just look at like the, the difference between what trilaterals put out and the difference between what the world what the davos crowd puts out i mean it's it's different um it's different enough where you're like hmm yeah they're not on the same page they may be on the same page for some things but they're not on the same page for a lot of things because i think the trilaterals would rather see more fascism and i think the world economic forum is more looking at obviously when you read some of the articles they're looking at more like kind of social uh socialism so i think the trilaterals are willing to let businesses still exist and ceos still exist and basically you know look like they run everything but i think the world like you know i think klaus schwab is like we don't care if we don't care if the, the businesses are privately owned or anything. Um, no. Yeah. They're, you know, yeah. I mean, they're so, communists more or less. So you can just look at those, just those two groups. If you know anything about those two groups and you know that they're, they're opposed. Um, they have opposing views. They have sure. opposing goals. So, well, and I'm you would t- think that they were together. I'm, yeah. No, I, I don't think that they, they move in unison. In fact, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this as a white pill. The fact that they do have differences of opinion and, you know, maybe that gives, there's a crack in the plan that we can actually work with. The only reason I even, I go down the conspiracy route and I agree with you, it's, it's impossible to, to get this all right. But just like you were saying earlier, it's about identifying the cancer. And, and that's the reason I spend any time on it at all is I'm trying to understand, you know, truly who is, who is doing this, who is working against us? Because, uh, you know, I, I believe still that the, the freedom minded people um, outweigh the, those that want totalitarianism, but there's obviously a ton of gray in between. Um, my- here's, here's what I would say. Okay. Um, I'm worried about totalitarianism coming from the United States government and coming from the state governments and even local governments. Um, there are a lot of people talking about China, this and that. I don't worry about, you know, I was talking to Tatiana Moroz and she's like, 
she's like, well, you know, if there was secession and everything, then the UN troops would come in here. And my first impulse was to say, I hope those blue helmets come in here because then it's going to be a target rich environment. Exactly. We're going to kill them all. And when I said that, I immediately in my mind said, oh, wow. They wouldn't do that for the police or the National Guard or people who are oppressing them at home. But if we saw foreigners, it's like all of us are going to start killing them. (laughs) And what that makes me realize is that we're so brainwashed to believe that anything American is good for us. You're right. Exactly. That it's like, I mean, how do you, how do you get around that? Yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you, you have to break that, you know, and okay. White pill. A lot of people on the right are getting, are are getting red pilled on the cops. Exactly. That thin thin blue line's getting thinner, brother. (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, and I found a, I found another one the other day, um, another term. Apparently, uh, prison guards call, refer to themselves as the thin silver line. What, what's that one mean? I, I don't know what the silver relates to, but I had a prison guard on my uh, on my show and I released yeah. it. And he he talked about the thin silver line. And that's like prison guards covering up for each other. And, you know, any, oh, any they probably of, have um, different uniforms. Yeah, I listened to that yeah, last yeah. night, actually. That was a that was a great interview. A very. I felt my heart poured out for that kid when he was talking about, you know, his, his sadness over his participation. In it. And I, you know, I just hope that he can, he can let that go given that he's, he's kind of come to Jesus, so to speak. Um, well, what's funny is it, 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 that episode wasn't released two hours and a state vice chair for the Mises caucus had contacted me and said, I want this guy, this guy's in my state. I want him to come in and um, speak at our convention. Beautiful. You know, so it's like, yeah, so I mean, take the little bit of white pill that we can get anywhere, you know, <laughs> the message, is, the message is getting out. We can just hope that, yeah, you know, we need, well, I, I'm, I'm just convinced we need, we need a very loud, very vocal and uh, a very public um, speaker or speakers. I agree. Who can, um, who, who can start providing cover for some of us. Is our, is our boy Dave Smith going to do it? I mean, uh, he's already, he was on Tim Pool yesterday, I believe. And um, no, I know his voice can't get much louder. I'm saying, is he going to, is he going to try and, you know, go the political route to have kind of the the political authority to talk on these things? Or is he going to just stick with the, uh, the big time, you know, podcast platforms? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That's up to him. Yeah. And um, well, having a wife, having a wife and kid yeah. is, uh, you know, got to excuse you know, if he didn't want to do something like that, you got to excuse him for not wanting to do it. Because, oh, of course. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Look after your family, brother. I, I, I agree. I'm just saying it in terms of, uh, you know, a speaker in our lane who has had uh, access to the the biggest platforms as of late. Yeah. I don't think anyone comes close. So, and, and, and he's, huh? and he's pure, you know, he really, he really gets it. He sees through this shit um, better than, pretty much anybody. And I, I hope that he considers it, but if, if he wants to focus on family, I, I wouldn't begrudge him that at all. Um, it, I wanted to ask you briefly about the, uh, you know, it seems to me that there's almost certainly going to be central bank digital currencies that are rolling out here soon. I know some are, are even being um, written into law in Europe currently. Um, in my opinion, you know, even though I, I'm a huge believer in the cryptocurrency space, 
I think that they're going to criminalize it because it's too much of a direct threat to fiat's dominance or hegemony. Do you think that that's coming? And and does that? I mean, obviously, you can't kill Bitcoin. It's it's blockchain. Um, but does does it going black market make it worth less, worth more? Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I haven't really heard you talk about cryptos in the past. Well, I mean, <laughs> if something if something goes illegal, we immediately we see people desiring it. Um, immediately we see the price going up. Um, That's true. I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know. The um, it's a matter of how many people are willing to adopt it. Mm. Um, if they make the laws steep enough, that'll scare a lot of the normies off. But those that those that recognize, you know, the deplatforming future that we're not even entering, but now in, um, it really, it forces your hand, you know, someone like me, or probably you too, um, you know, I've already made my wealth working through normal means. I was a mortgage broker, entrepreneur, I had my own company. And now I'm kind of like just on this path of, of trying to, trying to make a difference, trying to save those that are, are awake from what I see coming. Um, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just think, I just think that, you know, there's going to be a time where even someone like me, who's, you know, been an upstanding citizen my entire life is going to be criminalized just for trying to speak my mind. And for that reason alone, I think I'll have to get more heavily involved in the crypto space um, just to survive. Yeah. I think that I mean, really all you can hope for at this point, if you are, you know, if crypt, if you think that, you know, there are a lot of people who have basically, you know, like agorists. I know a lot of agorists who are like, it's it. All we have to do is agorism. There's nothing else. Agorism <laughs> will solve everything. It's like, okay. Yeah. I was like that for a couple months this year too. Um, sure. I get it. I've, you know, read Konkin over and over again this, this past year. All, all I'm thinking about is how fatty is. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) those memes oh my god they're Um, so good the um but you're going to have to there there are a lot and the reason i brought that up is there are a lot of people who seem to think that all they have to do is concentrate on cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency is going to solve everything it's going to take down the system it's going to do that i mean i i don't know i i can't I don't see how it's just one thing. No, um, there is no silver silver you know, bullet so, to a hundred years of developing tyranny. Come on, folks. Sure. So you have a gore, you have a gorism, which is going to be, which I still think is vital, maybe the most important thing because, you know, you, some people may have to survive off the black market, mm-hmm. and I think cryptocurrency is going to be there for the people who are adopters and who you know believe in it, and who want to use it but you got to wonder how many people that's going to be you know i think there's a lot of people who are thinking that the banks are gonna collapse and currency is gonna collapse and then bitcoin is gonna become like the currency of the world or something like that and i'm just like i don't i don't see the steps no. You know, it's like, I need to see the steps to that happening. You have to explain to me exactly how that happened. And I read that book that explained how it happened. And I was like, guy's out of his mind. Um, 
but <laughs> I have to agree. I, I don't see, yeah. I, I mean, without, without the, the fiat currency system collapsing, um, I, there's no chance that it becomes the reserve currency. And, and ultimately the governments are, they, they harness so much of their power, if not all of it, by the fact that they control the currency system. Why would they let this go without a fight? Like they're definitely going to sure. criminalize it at some point if it so, gets near that. So if you have a Weimar, if, if you have a Weimar overnight, say you wake up tomorrow and yeah, the dollar is worth, you know, people are wheelbarrows to mail a mail a letter. Mm-hmm. I said this when I was a baby libertarian back in 2008, I figured it out on my own that they already have a replacement currency in place that is going to that. And people will beg for it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, the, the overwhelming majority of people like that overwhelming majority of people who bought into the pandemic, mm-hmm. the overwhelming majority of people are going to be like, give me that digital dollar. It's not going to be like they're going to run to Bitcoin. I I, I don't believe that that's going to happen for most people. Yep. And I, I still think there'll be a, a lucrative black market. Um, but I also think that a, there, you know, there's a lot of Bitcoin millionaires right now and probably a few billionaires and everything. And yeah, I would say ca- they should cash out. Um, but who knows what's going to happen to that currency. Sure. So, yeah. So yeah, you could cash take, out and have I would a billion dollars profits. and it's worth nothing. Yeah. take a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I just don't see how. Yeah. The problem is, is anyone who studied the last 10 months and seen how panicky people are and how, how people are so eager to go down the path of just trusting quote unquote authority. I, I, I'm not seeing how it's going to be hard enough to get people who think that the election was stolen from them and that the, 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 the news is all fake on our side. How do you think you're going to get normies to adopt a a currency that they've basically been brand, been being brainwashed against you know i mean how many i don't know how many tv shows when there still were tv shows um where every time they mentioned bitcoin or cryptocurrency it was because somebody was doing something illegal Mm -hmm. that's still how people um look at it of course that's still that's still how normies are looking at it you know and you can go on twitter and be a friggin cryptocurrency Wahhabist and (laughs) attack everyone who says anything slightly negative about your coin of choice. Um, That's not really getting people to adopt. No, no, not 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 even close people to adopt at all. Well, I've kept you for a full hour, Pete. I I let let me give you one, one other white pill for you. Uh, People like you and Dave and malice, a handful of others have, have provided shelter for people like me over the past year. So, uh, you know, whether, whether you're feeling low today or not, I just want you to know that you've made a, a really big difference for a lot of people this year. So thank you very much. Well, thanks, man. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. Thank you. I appreciate that. Go ahead and tell people where they can find you. Uh, free man beyond the wall podcast. Um, you can go on Amazon and search for the monopoly on violence. It's a documentary that I made with some friends. 
and it's up on Amazon now. Let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> it's um, tremendous. Please go go check it out right away. I have a Substack. If you go to Substack and search by any memes necessary, it's pquinones.substack.com. That's where I'm writing most of my stuff that's uh, outside of you know, skirting the line of libertarianism <laughs> <laughs> lately. Um, stuff that I don't put up on the Libertarian Institute, which is where I'm the managing editor. And yeah, I'm just trying to do as much as I can to shine a light on what's going on. And hopefully I can do that with my podcast and hopefully I can, um, yeah, hopefully we can just get more people. Yeah. We we need numbers now. Safety and numbers always. Well, well, you're looking like Atlas to me, man. You're, you're carrying the world on your shoulders and I, I hope it, I hope it lightens the load to know that there's a lot of people out there that, that appreciate you and that are, are, uh, in this fight with you. So Thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. What a fucking legend, huh? Cannot believe I got to talk to that guy for an hour. Um, just genius dude. And uh, I don't know, making a difference in the world. I, I, I hope I'm doing my part to carry on in, in his legacy, Ron Paul's legacy, Dave Smith, everybody out there that's doing this. Uh, it's it's needed now more than ever. And uh, I really appreciate this, this audience, this community. Uh, you guys give me hope. I know this this episode was extremely dark, but I think you have to you have to look reality in the face. And and if we're wrong and things uh, last a little bit longer and we have a little bit more time to get ready, I hope you're not wasting that time. You know, don't do not give up. Uh, be proactive. Be active. Uh, invest wisely. Invest in things that you know you can actually use in an apocalypse-like scenario. And if it doesn't come to pass, God bless. If you guys enjoyed this episode, many of my episodes are just as much of a banger, believe it or not, and you should definitely subscribe. Don't just be one of those like fly-by-night, oh, he's got Pete on, I'll check it out. No, 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 no. I'm about to get suspended from Twitter for sure because I am a radical, and if you want to hear more from me, this may be the only option. So uh, subscribe to Liberty Lockdown on whatever your podcast listening device is, and if you want to really support the show, Share it with friends and family. And if you want to really, really support the show, leave a five-star review on whatever platform you are uh, listening. Leave a written review with your social media info. I will read it on next week's show. Thank you guys so much. You give me hope and liberty. Talk to you soon.